Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to Six Feet Under. We've got a great one for you today. Uh, the game of the week, uh, game of the session, is going to be Danger Patrol. But first, you know the drill. This is the table talk uh, portion of the show. And we're going to be talking about building tension. Uh, in order to do that, from the regular crew, we have myself, which is to say Ironicus, and Gnome, say hello. Hello! And Garbad. Hi, and I hope everybody is here to have a good time as we play uh, Danger Patrol, which is actually a game I haven't really seen too much of. Uh, as I understand... That's way more than hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Eliza. Hey. And Violet. And two very special guests <laughs> joining us. Please introduce yourselves as you'd like to be introduced. I believe one of you is named Violet. I believe one of us is named Violet, and that's me. I'm Violet. Hi. Hi. Welcome uh, back. Yes, welcome back. You may recognize her from uh, the recent Costume Fairy Adventures. You're in Group 1, correct? Yep. I was. I say knowing full well because I was in Group 2 and didn't see you there. So, <laughs> And who's our other very special guest? Hi, I am Chip Cheese, a well-known Let's Player and also Ghost Detective, I have decided, <laughs> is my new career choice. I just quit my job. I don't know how to actually be a ghost detective, though. But oh, he's we're real excited. Out. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, on-the-job training. Learn by doing. Yeah. Uh, now, we do have... Speaking of ghosts, uh, Ix was going to join us, but scheduling issues prevented that. So instead, he sent a long list of uh, uh, outlines and, and questions to help with this uh, pod chat, which is about building tension. Before we get to that, uh, let's just go around, and if anyone has any examples of uh, building tension that they really enjoyed in a game or any sort of fiction, uh, just shout some things out so we can uh, get into right, so what the heck we're talking some, about. Yeah, I've got go some ahead. building tension. All right, so two carpenters get in a fight. Yeah? That's it. That's the okay. joke. Okay, all right. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, I was thinking the the old Indiana Jones movies are really good at building tension. Um, like, there's one specific scene that pops out to mind that I've seen recently, where a uh, it's a, it's the scene where he's driving. I think it's in Raiders of the Lost Ark, where he's driving this truck through this like desert canyon, and a Nazi ends up kicking him out of the truck, and he ends up having to crawl along like the bottom of the truck to get around and such. And every single time he starts to get a foothold and like get back into a good place, something kicks him down and something shows up to make it worse. And that's the basics of what tension is in my experience. Things mm -hmm. just slowly getting worse. <laughs> every time you do well, something bad happens too. Something, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, action scenes in at least well-shot films are... Uh, incredible at it. Just this year, we've had Furious 7 and Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, both incredible for, for building tension. Uh, through cinematic techniques that uh, we don't have uh, in tabletop gaming. There are no cameras or sound cues, generally. But, uh, yeah, the, the story beat aspect of it, definitely something we can take inspiration from. Uh, anyone else have uh, something they'd like to share? I was going to say Mad Max, but then I was suddenly remembering um, 
the torture sequence in Metal Gear Solid 3. Yeah? Tell, tell us a bit about the torture sequence in Metal Gear Solid 3. If you'd like to see it firsthand, <laughs> you can visit keepanironicus.com slash MGS3. But I digress. Um, Mission J Frog. <laughs> yeah, I think because the, the the torture sequence in Metal Gear Solid Three isn't like the other ones where there's like a lot of gameplay stuff in it. It's mostly just cutscene. But I think it's the one that's just directed the best to make you feel like, oh shit, this is really bad, and like it does mildly affect your gameplay in that you lose an eyeball and it makes your first person uh, view all weird. And I think. Uh, just the entire bit, like where you also had to like learn, like figure out how to escape, is fairly decent for a game, at least. It, like building up some kind of tension. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't there also an extended sequence where you're blindfolded and you can't see? Yeah, that's where you're getting punched. Something's alive. coming, and you don't know when and from where. Yeah, you hear other people getting the shit beaten out of them, and then like your health bar starts going down, but you can't see anything. That, yeah, I love that bit. It's uh, really good audio directing on that part. They build the tension just from the sound. Mm-hmm. No, what I think has good tension. What's that? Jenga. <laughs> oh my god, Jenga's fantastic. <laughs> There's a tabletop RPG called Dread, yes. where the yes. core mechanic yeah. is a Jenga tower, and we can't play it for the show for obvious reasons. Which um, makes me so angry. It makes like, me very like sad. There's an actual yeah. game based around like also having a Jenga game going. Yeah, it's a yeah, horror game, and if you knock, if you pull a block every time you try to do something dangerous, if it falls okay. over, your character dies. <laughs> That's the core mechanic. <laughs> so wow. we've got a visual reminder good. of how precarious your position is. Yep. You know, if you want to do anything, you have to risk death, and you can look at the tower and see how much risk there really is. You cannot escape the inevitability of character death in Dread, and so it it fits the name. Yeah, it's oh, a Dread makes a lot more mechanic. sense. I actually thought you said bread at first. No, so I wasn't. The name of the game is Dread. Okay, and, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it's also fun because like all those moments in horror movies, like when you're walking down a like a corridor and then nothing happens. That was a pull in Dread where you didn't topple the tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason I really want to play that, I'm not the best Django player. But I'm probably the best Django player when it comes to making the ba- the tower just close enough that no matter what the next person does, they're going to lose. I, I think you'd also like the game, Garbed, because the game is a mechanic where instead of pulling, you can topple the tower to do a heroic sacrifice and auto-succeed with flying colors. At the cost of your own. But, yeah. But then I can't then I can't actively screw someone over for no reason. Yeah, it's, it's no surprise to regular listeners that Garbed can even be a dick player in Jenga. <laughs> Uh, so yeah that's some good examples some good uh, foundation to build from Uh, some points that we brought up are that uh, tension is very similar to suspense Uh, they're interchangeable in a lot of ways in that uh, there are stakes you're trying to get and someone you want to get there but if it's done right you've got no idea how it will work out you're just on the edge of your seat looking for uh, uh, hope and then they step on Indy's fingers again you know <laughs> I find that I find that um, <clears throat> uh, the best way to like kind of kind of capture that and, and make someone like invested in what's going on too with tension is that like you have to like show that 
you're willing to um, cause some kind of lasting damage, mm-hmm. but also, like, like you'll see, like a lot of times, like, like a character death is often like a you know a pretty big kind of like punishment for a really tense scene or something like a like a bad outcome that can happen to make things more tense overall but then you kind of get things that like overuse that as a trope to where it loses completely all meaning because everyone's dying all the time mm-hmm. um and Goblin quest has little tension <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah everyone's exactly. dying left and right and, like, it's going bad and shit shit like game of thrones loses a lot of its tension when you can no longer take it seriously as like who who will and won't die? Because it's fucking yeah. die. Who cares? It's everybody. Nothing, yeah, there's rising action and then death before anything can happen. And like that's that's like that's pretty weak. And it kind of it kind of just kills the entire mood of tension to begin with. Mm-hmm. But then also, if you know things are no matter what going to be like really good at the end, then um, yeah. that also it's hard to build like serious tension that way. Yeah, and so, so you kind of have to strike like a good balance of like something like lasting damage could happen like let's say like a character like loses an arm or something like something bad can really happen but maybe not like an instant you know death that right so so it's a matter of managing that unpredictability you're saying yeah yeah yeah. they they cut off anakin's legs cut off one of his arms and set him on fire and there was still no tension tension needs a payoff yeah. Like you got if you pull back the rubber band until it snaps, nothing really happened for it. You need to pull it back and then let it go so it goes No, fly. it's like everybody knows what's going to happen to a guy. He's not going to die. Yeah. Oh, you mean because of the previous movies and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have been a crazy fake out. What if he died? That would have been so cool. That actually would have been pretty good if it turned shame. out someone else was Darth Vader the whole time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that wouldn't have been too tense anyways because I don't think a lot of people really cared about Anakin. No, he was pretty Like, bad. I think if Anakin had died, people would be like, fine. Okay. People kind of cared about like him when he was... I like this character. People kind of cared about him when he was, like, a little... Like, he was annoying as a kid, but he was at least, like... He was, like, endearing, like, as in the first movie. As long as he just gets would... into more high-speed chases. Yeah, the pod really good. Yeah, exactly. said, yippee, I was okay with his death. <laughs> oh, I was talking about the highway patrol, not the pod race scene. Oh, <laughs> the pod race is pretty good. I like the pod race. I, I honestly, like... Probably the I, best I scene of that movie. Yeah, probably. I watched that movie recently, and there's one other scene that I fucking love, and it's that um, <laughs> there's a part. It's actually a little bit after that. Darth Maul is like spying on on Anakin, and he's got like these binoculars, right? And he's like looking at him, and he's not really doing anything. He's just watching him, and then he puts the binoculars down and gets on his really shitty like hover speed bike, and then like literally just like drives it straight down off a cliff. Like, yep. it doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't like face first go down. It just like literally just like goes off a cliff and plummets, and it's <laughs> and then the hopper there's... just catches him and he's just driving away in the distance. But it's just yeah, no, they, they should have him just go down that cliff and then just edit in a, a plume of fire as his, just, as just, no, like, his just a little poof of smoke and he's holding up a sign like Wiley e. Coyote. Yeah, just totally. edit in it's the super weird, and there's no like reason for this for the scene to be in there almost. And I think it's really fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, it entirely exists just to say, hey, Darth Maul's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Do we know much. who this is or care what he's doing? No. But he's here. Pretty pretty spooky, huh? You scared? He, he looks good. Hey, kid, you look. scared? <laughs> that's I Which mean, that's does... basically an attempt to create tension. Right, right. That's failing yeah, exactly. miserably because there's exactly. not that investment. All right. And that does bring us to uh, one of the uh, bits that Ix wanted to bring up, that tension requires stakes uh, the audience too. cares about. Uh, which means getting invested in a character or a scenario. Uh, so, I can just uh, kick that off right away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fucking 
I, I hate whenever, like, something tries to take a shortcut to creating that investment by being like, hey, here's a character. You've only just met him recently. You don't know anything about him. But right before something big happens, it's like, look at this character's tragic plotline. <laughs> it's like, just like, really big, like, exposition of, like, are you... You should feel bad about this guy. Please, please. I just please gotta do this one last job before I meet my baby again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like completely like new and like throwaway characters who they'll just like suddenly be like, this person had a terrible life but and my sister, feel really she's bad. Sick. I'm shipping and back home in two days. <laughs> they yeah, they have nothing and and then it's like but anyway they're already dead it's are you yeah. sad do you feel sad about it and it's like game no of Thrones, game of thrones literally did that just a few weeks ago <laughs> and it was so super obvious with it too like it was 10 minutes like they introduced this lady it's like look at this lady isn't she really cool okay she's taking the kids to the boats oh no there's zombies coming she says don't worry i'll be right back and then she fucking dies like two minutes later <laughs> and they spend so much time establishing her with a name and like like make her look all badass when she fights, and it's just like, come on. <laughs> I like uh, when I think of, of deaths for no purpose. Uh, I tend to think of Mass Effect Three, which I actually I actually like that game. But in the very beginning, there's this kid that you meet in a vent. Oh yeah, and you're like, come with me if you want to live, and he's like, you can't save me, and because he's a kid actor, he he can't act. And then you leave, and then he dies. And he's supposed to represent, like, he he shows up in these recurring nightmares. He's supposed to represent, you know, Shepard's horror at how he couldn't save everybody. But, like, I didn't care. He was <laughs> like, there's a bunch of kids dead. What's so special about this one who talks funny and would not come out of a ventilation shaft to save his life? Like, I'm sorry. Part of it was his own fault. Right. Let me tell you, that kid couldn't find his way out of a ventilation shaft to save his life. <laughs> oh. Oh, dark. Oh, dear. So, something yeah, else like... in this little list of cool things Ix wrote for us is... Um, you're, you're with us in spirit, buddy. Yep. When characters are threatened... Um, that's that's basically the basics of te- basis of tension, but like as we've talked about, it doesn't always work. Sometimes it falls flat, and it feels like sometimes there's this idea that bigger is better. Um, mm-hmm. Do we think like bigger stakes are automatically better? Like, what are your favorite stakes from my fiction thing? Like, uh, not necessarily stakes. saving the world or what have you. Uh, big stake. Well, I think once you get to the point where you're saving the world, unless you're in a Call of Cthulhu game, it's less tense because you're not going to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's it's one of those things that's um, it's too big of too big of scope. I, t- I feel like because it's like then it's just like this like you know massive like destined thing, and you know, you're definitely going to win because you're saving the world. And like sometimes some things subvert that, and I guess you don't save the world or whatever. Isn't that wasn't that a mind fuck? Mind equals blown, huh? But like, I think the only thing I've seen where the heroes didn't save the world is Evangelion. Spoilers, by the way. <laughs> um, Everything else it. I can think of. If the world's on the line, the world's getting saved. It's just automatic. The world's end for a pretty recent movie. That's true, yeah, I, that but was, it still didn't cool. like end. 
Everyone was fine <laughs> yeah, at the end of the I, day. And also, you didn't realize the world was on the line until it already happened. Yeah. Right, right. Spoiler alert, by the way. I kind of, <laughs> um, I kind of like stakes where it's not everything, but it's something pricey. Like, mm-hmm. not like even like even just like a character's death can be like less of a stake than like losing an eye or an arm or a hand or you know some some like more serious damage not that i'm saying like this is the only way to build tension but i'm just like on the, on that same note of like we're just all about dismemberment no 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 no, no, no. but i just mean like on, on the note of like um stakes with like i don't know something like super super big you know heavy people act like uh killing off a character is like the you know the biggest thing and sometimes it kind of just mm-hmm. is cheap on its own whereas if you have to like do a little less it makes it that much heavier i don't know i feel in my opinion sometimes the stakes are just you want to impress connie's parents yeah i mean you know tone that tone that way 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 down and just make it you know right well i think the thing about having such small stakes is that that's something people understand they relate yeah yeah i've never had to deal with the world ending (laughs) so if you tell me that's the stake like that means nothing to me if you tell me i'm going in for a job interview I'm like, shit, I've been there. I know what that's like. I hate that feeling. Having to make your family happy, that's impossible. I'm invested. (laughs) Audience clap track. (laughs) Rockets applause. I think both having kind of that that investment level, like having something small means it's something that people can kind of see how they can do it. Mm -hmm. And that to me is a huge part of tension is that you have to be able to see... Here's how I can win. Here's how I can lose. And here's how they're like a hair breadth apart. Right. Yeah. That <laughs> is, I think, a really interesting and uh, uh, useful tool. Like if you can manage to show just how close uh, the 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 knife's edge is, at then and, you're, and, you're and made just, in the shade. Like, you did it. You don't need our advice anymore. <laughs> just, just for the record, Violet's really good at the whole, oh, by the way, everything could turn out terrible right now if you're not careful. I mean, hostage negotiations and Monster Hearts are a scary thing. <laughs> a lot of things in Monster Hearts are very scary. It's sort of the nature of the game. One thing I will say for world-saving plots as as you know the biggest possible stakes averting the apocalypse is i like them in a long-running role-playing campaign which would not be a surprise if you listen to let's play the 13th age (laughs) uh, because you're going to fill in the world with all those things you care about along the way yeah i mean there's definitely and like in like even like a like a over like a just a regular overarching narrative like some longer running show or whatever um it's totally possible to fill in enough details to make that a more worthwhile thing um, to, to make it more of like a, like a tense goal to achieve because you, you kind of, all you really have to do is like actually fill the world with just things to care about. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't right. even have to be um, the risk of losing them so much as just fill the world with things to care about all the time. And people definitely get a lot more invested and that makes just most conflicts that much more like tense because you, you may not know just like how they're going to affect the world, even if it's not necessarily going to destroy it or whatever. It's just, mm-hmm. it's and just something will change them. Maybe it won't be for you know the better for for their better at least. And so, 
and yeah, kind of care about what's in there. Exactly. And I'll say that at this point in our campaign, saying everyone in the world dies is much less scary than saying these three specific people in your home base die. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, I was going to say as someone from the outside looking in at the 13th Age campaign, we could probably use, like, Bella wants to save the world because she likes being alive and all that. But then also... She likes Tran, and she likes Grand Hant- or Rip, and all these other characters that she cares about. And then there's also, you know, you don't just want to save the world, you also want to make it a better place with the whole reforming the Elf Queen's court and all that. Yeah. And try yeah. to make it less awful than you left it to begin with, so you're, you're like, adding your own stakes to the world as well. You're not just saving it, you're making it better than you started. Making Which it is something worth saving. I really, actually, really like about 13th age and like our campaign especially is how much like how much of what happens is actually just our like our own creations like put in directly like like there's a lot of like driving driving force from ironicus you know to like get everything together but like a lot of like narrative points are spun directly off of things that we want for our characters and for the world around us and stuff and so it's like as players it's super easy to get invested whenever like I basically, like, I told Ironicus, like, a whole big outline of what I want to happen with Bella through Epic Tier, and it's really good, and because it's going <laughs> it is, to happen, it like, it's, it, it, I'm just that much more invested now because I'm like, I get to, you know, make this actually happen, and it's, that's, you have that's set your fun. own that's stakes really cool. to fight yeah. for. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty neat because, like, some of them are kind of big. I, I have pretty lofty ambitions with Bella at the end, but yeah, like, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. To be able to like put the things that I want to to care about like into the game. That's a fantastic thing that is an option in DIY fiction, like like a RPG campaign, as opposed mm-hmm. to, like uh, unless you have it's something Vince Gilligan them, really. on speed dial, you're not going to affect Breaking Bad. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, another thing that's specific to RPGs is, well, how do you make that work mechanically? Yeah, let's bring it to the game we're actually playing today. (laughs) And one thing that Danger Patrol does uh, that I love is just sort of the uh, just-do-it design uh, philosophy that I really enjoy. If you make your situation more dangerous... You get more dice. You get get more dice. (laughs) (laughs) It's all that's, about that's saying all the, the ways it can go wrong to do better. That's the central conceit of the game. Uh, <laughs> and it works. Yeah. <laughs> You've always got... Uh, now, we've been talking about character uh, uh, tension based on stakes, but this being mechanical and a game that I think is suited to one-shots in miniseries as opposed to long-term overarching stories it's more about in the moment like cinematic tension yeah of you could do like, like the an stakes are thing, but my neck general and maybe the person really i'm work. rescuing rather than some, something deep and emotional it's more about surviving the fight uh i kind of got that a lot out of a uh, out of night witches also mm-hmm. that was a super it was a super tense game just because of the rule set of how easily things can go really badly. 
right, and yes. how like actually down to the knife's edge we were at things going <laughs> really, really badly. Like, oh, we there was some we definitely panic in that session. It yeah, was great. I mean, there were there, there and there was like using like the the fi- literally the final tool at our disposal in order to fix the situation, and I like barely did it enough to like save our lives. Although someone's the non-player character died, but. A few oh, non-player guys. There were some planes of sacrifice. Yeah, plural. there was there was like two two people died or whatever, or whatever. Or but, whatever. but we we like seriously like it wasn't I you think or like your girlfriend. Two or three of us were were like on the verge of dying mm-hmm. had we not pulled through, and it's, it was cool. Like mechanically, the, the um, setup of Night Witches is, is really. I know it's just based on like powered by the powered by the apocalypse stuff, but I think the big bit of mechanical tension in Night Witches is the marks system. Yeah, which, I think so too. Uh, uh, we'll describe it it's now really since good. we just sort of used it and didn't go into a here's how you play Night Witches in that episode. But uh, every playbook has a set of marks, and every once in a while you're told to take a mark, and all of them are ways in which uh, uh, the experience and horror of war leaves a lasting impression on your character and some are good and some are bad and some of them are watching your comrades die and once they're marked off you have fewer remaining and eventually if you've managed to survive all the other things that can kill you in the game the last one left will be embrace death it's pretty brutal just me- yeah. yeah just mechanically you're to die at the end or whatever can't if remember who's get so many marks, was, but I remember someone. All of their marks involved another per- NPC or player dying, and they yes. never wanted a mark. Yeah, because because nobody wanted to like mark those off already. Which I, you I mean, in retrospect, for a power game, we should have marked those off before we started playing. So we <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was actually her uh, her concept was that no she'd one be playing, died. Yeah, yeah, she'd be playing a pilot who, to this point in the war, had just had supernatural luck, so that if anything went down we were bound to hit that most dramatic turning point where it all starts falling apart around her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is more narratively interesting. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it just really, it really kind of put, because I, I kind of did the same thing without thinking about it, though. I was just like, oh yeah, some of these are good. These are, you know, I didn't even like read all of them. I kind of like, I had some of the ones I thought were good. And I was like, all right, yeah, it's good. Good for me. And then it's like, you know, take a mark. And I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> uh okay, our plane crashes and, and we almost die, but don't. Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, another source of tension is uh, a more dramatic tension is also dramatic irony having secrets Uh, this game doesn't do that it does not do that but it's a fantastic thing for other games and other media to take note Uh, one example uh, Ix wanted to put forward are uh, Swery's games Deadly Premonition and D4 where when secrets are revealed, they're bizarre, supernatural, and completely unpredictable. Uh, do we think that having something come out of left field that way, uh, as opposed to more humdrum, uh, mundane, like, serial crime fiction, uh, which do you think creates, is better at building tension? Uh, other elements being equal. Let's say. I think the quick rule of thumb with that is a rule of writing that I've heard of several times before. Um, coincidences that get the protagonist into trouble are good. Ones that get them out of trouble are boring. And I think that sums up surprises in a nutshell, really. 
Like, if something is weird and comes out of nowhere, it better be something to get to make things more difficult. If it makes them easier, then what was the point? Well, I guess we don't have to discuss that any further. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> um, it, it's basically the same line as, as Deadly Premonition, but uh, Twin Peaks uh-huh. has... I, 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 it, it's pretty entertaining because it's one of those shows where, like, actually, you don't, you don't really know what's gonna happen, um, but you get kind of invested in in that way, like, because it's it's it gets really like just weird and unpredictable, but in in a way that kind of like pulls you in because it's. Like, I don't I think know. If you're I, gonna do a lot of the paranatural stuff. It kind of has to be a slow drip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Definitely. you can't just be like, oh, here's a demon he's just gonna do something whatever like you have to start in first at, at first there's a little bit of weirdness there's a little bit of this weird stuff that people can't quite explain and then you need to build and play that up there is a because if it just comes bizarre. completely out of left field it's not really tense it's just like oh okay I guess nothing matters because they're just making up anything this is also good relationship advice <laughs> um, Honey, I'm a demon, but if you look back for three months, you should have figured it out by now. I foreshadowed so much. <laughs> um, like Tw- Twin Peaks is really good at that too, because like it it really starts you off with like really small, like weird details and a lot of just weird characters. So it's like already just like it's just strange when mm-hmm. you get into it, but nothing's like explicitly out of place it's just it's just weird you know what i mean like it's just very very strange doesn't feel and right. yeah <clears throat> but and it, it's definitely a pretty i feel a pretty slow uh like introduction to shit just getting really weird i think that's definitely a way to build tension um yeah just right. have weird things that don't feel right and they slowly get more weird and more not right and i think that goes back <laughs> I keep- I keep thinking of Donald Trump's uh, presidential nomination the more we're talking about this. (laughs) (laughs) You just wonder where it's going, and there's so much tension, and it just keeps getting weirder. Although uh, things going in that weird left-field direction does bring us back to uh, one of our first points that Eliza brought up, uh, managing that unpredictability as an aspect of tension. Like, if you know that uh, uh, whoever the killer is going to be, it's going to be someone who is doing it for money or jealousy, and they did it in all of the ways that people on Law & Order do. It's a bit less tense than, oh no, they were, they were possessed by a being from the space between worlds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you didn't... Yeah. There, there's an argument for, for that really... Uh, uh, making the unpredictability aspects land a lot harder. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, does anyone have any final thoughts? Uh, because this has gone on for... Almost. We've had a productive talk, yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, my final uh, thought is that, um, every single mechanic in Danger Patrol is built around increasing the danger and increasing the tension. And I was going to talk about that a bit in the pod chat, but I'm just going to wait for the game because we've been doing this pod chat for a while. You'll see. You'll see. You'll get to look at it. (laughs) So look forward to that. Okay. So if you just want some bullet points for the end, uh, be sure to have stakes that people care about, whether it's 
an internal emotional thing or something huge and big picture. And if you go the big picture route, be sure to fill it in with the details that make it matter. And as well as always uh, keep people guessing. Uh, whether you do that through uh, uh, clever intricacies or just having the devil show up. <laughs> uh, either way, it's your call. Have Go wild. Before. So with that, I'm going to I would just like to say, uh, how do you keep bacon from curling in the pan? How do you keep bacon from curling in the pan? You take away their little brooms. And with that, we'll see you in that <laughs> next thing on your, your iTunes or RSS or however you find us, which is uh, character creation. See you there, folks. Good night. I find us quite delightful. Danger Patrol is brought to you by Raid Soap. That's right, the only soap with radium. It kills all the germs. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>